Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. I have spoken in previous episodes about my family's experience with a disorder called PANDAS, Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcal Infections. PANDAS is a relatively little-known disorder that presents with psychiatric issues, such as OCD, anxiety, tics, emotional ability, aggression, and regression, among other symptoms. It is also the subject of my new novel, Pendulum, that was released in February 2021. It's a middle grade novel that follows a boy experiencing symptoms of pandas through his middle grade experience. This week, I am so thrilled to welcome Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge, children's mental health expert. She's an expert in pandas and pans, among other issues like Lyme and autism. I'm really looking forward to hearing her wisdom and bringing more light to these disorders, and I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation that we had. I am so thrilled to welcome Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge today. Welcome. It's so great to have you with us. I am so excited to be here with you and to have this conversation about pans and pandas. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit of a quick overview of your background? Yeah, so I have been in mental health, uh, or I should say I've had the privilege of being in mental health and helping kids and their families for 30 years. This is my 30th year, and I've worked in all different capacities. Um, And really being a psychologist is all I've ever wanted to be. (laughs) Um, And I've always been holistic. I was raised um, by Italian immigrant parents and and food was medicine. So I've always been that way. Um, But I, when I was getting trained, I really just gravitated towards kids. So they have like a light and an energy. And I just feel like I'm such a positive, optimistic person. And I feel like no matter what the challenge is, when we have a child, there's always opportunity and hope for change. Um, Not that adults can't change, but kids are just sponges and they Mm -hmm. learn. Um, So, you know, that's really how I really got into that world of working with kids. And then um, over quickly, basically, as soon as I really got licensed, I sort of became known as somebody who worked with what we call the challenging cases. Um, And I think it truly was, Sarah, my optimism. Like, I just took everything in stride where, like, my colleagues would be like, oh, my gosh, he, like, threw this thing out the window and said he was going to punch his mother. He's going to be a serial killer. Mm. (laughs) And I would literally be like, "Um, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's find out what he really means because that behavior is his language to let Mm -hmm. us know that something is going on and he's just being, he's using the wrong language. Let's help him to find the right language. And, and so, you know, I always just took that way. And so then, you know, as time went on, the cases just got increasingly layered, right? So most of my cases, there would be like three issues, right? 10 issues. There would just be lots of things. And, and things like constipation, sensory processing, anger, 
you know, um, and they would just all, you know, be together. It was rare that I was having cases where somebody had a straight case of ADHD. And I've always just been such a, um, I'm such a synthesizer. One of my gifts is to kind of look at a lot of pieces, like a puzzle, and then be like, oh, this is where everything fits. And so I never looked at anything in isolation. And I always thought, well, that's interesting. Like, how did that happen? And um, my first uh, my first case of chronic Lyme, which I now know is, is PANS, um, was in the mid to late 90s. And he came in with a diagnosis of chronic Lyme. And I thought, what is that? Mm-hmm. And how, how I've never heard of this. What do you mean you can get bit by a tick and you can't get better and you have things like separation anxiety and um, constant sweating and sensory processing and why does he have a port for antibiotics, right? And, and it just kind of blew my mind, Sarah, and just opened me up. And then once I knew about chronic Lyme, I started to see it so much in my clients and and I'm in an endemic area where it's an extremely high rate of Lyme disease and tick-borne illness. So, um, so that was my first foray into, into Lyme. And then it just, as I shifted from working in schools to working in private practice, you know, I, I got more of these cases that nobody could figure out. And I'm not saying they were all Lyme, but many of them had medical sources. Um, and, and that's, you know, kind of where I am today. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then pans and pans, pandas and pandas developed over time. Even when I was in grad school, I learned about um, in my, in my textbooks, like we learned about strep induced OCD. So I had that in my consciousness and, um, and as I started to work in private practice, it's, it started to come up. And there was a shift at one point between, I was working with adults and kids with chronic Lyme and people were gravitating towards that for me because nobody did that work. Like literally nobody did that work. And now maybe a few people do that work, but it's still pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a shift in the Lyme community where pans and pandas Pans and chronic Lyme sort of merged at one point. Um, and and then I really started working very heavily with, with kids with pans and pandas. I mean, we work with, you know, I work with a lot of individuals with OCD. Pretty much 95% of them have pans or pandas. Um, and we work with kids with autism and ADHD. And I do a lot of concussion work. Um so it's not exclusive, but I would say that the vast majority, at least 50% of my practice has a toxic or infection-induced psychiatric problem. And so why do you think pandas and pans are both so challenging to treat? Yeah, wow. Well, uh, I mean, there's that's such a loaded question, as you obviously know, Sarah. So I think what it boils down to is there is really misinformation about pans and pandas and infectious diseases like Lyme disease and Epstein-Barr and um, pneumonia and all these different things. Um, But people don't know how to identify it, I think is the biggest obstacle. So then what happens is people go down a different road. So there is 
often in these cases, not, not always. So sometimes there's those, what we call the soft signs. So there could be, um, and, and, you know, please know when I talk about cases, I mix them together to protect people's identity. But like, this is a pretty common situation where somebody will tell me, oh, my kid kept getting um, all these random colds, ear infections, sinus infections. And then I noticed they stopped focusing. So we just thought, oh, they're a little older and now we know they're ADHD, even though they didn't really meet any of the criteria before. And then people will say like, this could be a school age kid, right? Like, so this mm -hmm. might be a kid between seven and like 10 or 11, right? And then, um, and then some other illness will happen or they'll get a flu shot or something will happen. And then there's that sudden onset mm -hmm. of, Anything from ticks to rage to psychosis. I mean, you name it, I have seen it. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, some kind of sudden onset. So, you know, what happens is, is that in those early signs and that there's more of the attentional and cognitive and regressive signs and then also the frequent urination, which is mm -hmm. such, such a sign or some level of mild separation anxiety that wasn't present before are missed, mm -hmm. right? So we have clinicians, medical and mental health providers not understanding what they're seeing, right? So because of that, then they get diagnosed with ADD or anxiety or, mm -hmm. you know, some other condition. And then they start that treatment. And, you know, what, unfortunately, in mental health, we're, we're really quite a dinosaur and we're not really using and looking at the research. And the research doesn't say that you should put your child on a psychiatric medication, Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that it says we should do things like therapy, behavioral therapy, parenting work um, and look at nutrition and, you know, these other things. And also, how about, you know, why aren't we doing functional lab work even just mm -hmm. to look at nutrients? Right. So I have the luxury of taking these cases where most of my people have seen at least a dozen providers before they get to me a minimum. Oh, wow. A minimum. And and we're talking somebody could be 10 or 11 years old and they've already gone to a dozen providers. And we're talking yeah. medical. We're talking all kinds of treatment things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I say this all the time. My, my number one time I was the 55th provider. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And that was a young adult. Um, but it's not unusual for me to be somewhere in a 20 to 30 provider range by the time they get to me. So, you know, what happens, Sarah? You can connect the dots looking backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Real easily when you when you take the time <laughs> um, and look at these things, right? And obviously I have, you know, I've treated thousands of kids that have had complex cases, <laughs> layered cases. So you you start understanding and making sense, you know, in this. I, I'm kind of savant about this. So you start looking and you're just able to look at the data and be like, this is what it is. This is what it is. You know, um, plus I have a luxury. I, when people see me in person, 
um, I do QEG brain maps. So the brain maps are a way to look at, take a visual representation of the health of the brain and it looks at brain waves. And we know exactly what the brain does. So when a certain area isn't working or it is, or it's overworking, you know what the person physiologically is capable of based on brain functioning. And so these patterns are just, you know, very consistent with certain things like, you know, uh, Epstein-Barr or COVID. Oh boy, you can see that in a brain map. Um, Lyme, active Lyme disease. Oh, you can see that in a brain map. Like it's pretty, pretty ADHD. Oh yeah, that's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. So I like to have objective data and that's really, really helpful. But I mean, ultimately it's about a lack of understanding and parents know something's wrong. They're not the problem. They're the ones asking for help, Sarah. Mm -hmm. And they go to a medical provider or a mental health provider and they just don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know this, Sarah. I mean, that's part of your mission and that's my mission too, is to really get this out there for people to understand. Um, but, but ultimately, and then the other part of this is a lack of providers who are helping, right. helping these people. So we've gotten better about knowing what works. I mean, I think in the last five years, we've gotten much, much clearer. There's some decent treatment guidelines. Um, it's, it's not an easy approach. And because there's often multiple toxins or infectious agents, there's not a standard that works across the board. So mm -hmm. Um, what I like to say to people is like once the immune system breaks down and there's one toxin in there or one infectious component, then the others like to come to the party. So you're going to have strep, you're, you know, you not always, but you could have strep and you can have, um, Oh God. I mean, herpes six, uh, you know, just a list of different things that mm -hmm. could be all be in there at the same time, which means each one has to be addressed differently. Yeah. I've heard that mold is like a common one that also can common. be as well. Yeah. Yeah. M mold is often one that is like the final breakdown, like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like once that gets in there, like a person could have had a level of functionality where it's maybe attention or cognitive related, which, you know, when you're talking about parenting, it feels a lot easier mm -hmm. than because it is than when your kid is like psychotic mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, threatening to kill you or, um, you know, literally trying to jump out of a window like this is the other, the extremes in the behaviors of PANS runs the gamut in mm -hmm. any area of mental health. And so um, mold can be a great agitator that can cause people to really break down. Or if they're doing very well, could cause what we call a flare, a sudden worsening of symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's challenging for people. And so, you know, you talked about kind of being interested in the more challenging cases. Like, was that really why you got involved with pandas, pans, and Lyme? Like, you just felt that those were areas that needed attention? Yeah. 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 I mean, here's what happened. I just, you know, this has truly been a, a calling for me. And I was guided to do this work, um, truly guided. And, and I also am somebody who's like, oh. I can make things better. I mean, there's, if we look at science, 
-hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm the girl who was sitting in the library looking at microfiche. Like, that's unacceptable. (laughs) Like, how how is it that every client that has ADHD that I work with gets really worse on these ADD beds? And then I would be looking and I'd be like, why isn't anybody talking about essential fatty acids and vitamin D? And I found neurofeedback. And why isn't anybody doing that? You know, so, um, you know, I just am very scientific and analytical. I'm always like, show me the data. Like, Mm -hmm. where's the data? And that's why I love QEG. So I fell into that. And and then, you know, I was treating people with Lyme disease for about 10, no, more than 10 years. And um, and then uh, I had a 22 month old in 2006 who got. Lyme disease. Oh, wow. And we didn't know that he got Lyme disease. And here I am, super Lyme literate person. I was going to, if anybody's listening and they've ever gone to a Lyme conference, it is like drinking water from a fire hose. The amount of information and technical information, it's overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. And so he changed. He really, what we now know is he has pans and he literally had like a sudden change. And he, at that point in 2006, it's December, 2006. And, um, he had a fever. So he's like a little, little toddler. Mm -hmm. And so we, at that time, we believed you couldn't get tick bites in the winter. Right. Right. So we were playing in our yard and he must have gotten a tick bite. It's exactly what happened. It was a mild winter and we just didn't understand. You you were really taught that it was like spring, summer, and fall. That's really mm-hmm. what you were taught. And um and so fast forward, he literally just like stopped eating, like stopped eating. And then what did my pediatrician tell me? My pediatrician told me, that's what toddlers do. Right. Yeah. And I was like, um, that's BS. And um, this is not, you know, like my kids today, and and, and he he at that time, they're like a 99.99 percentile eater for adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're first generation American. Like my kids say things to me like, Mom, how about we make some grilled octopus? I mean, this is like, (laughs) these are the kind of conversations we have in our household. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just made for dinner, I made, you know, duck soup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, these are not, you know, with organic vegetables and all the other stuff. My teenager yells out, mom, it's so good. Yeah. You know? So they're eaters. So yeah. <laughs> they're eaters. They're eaters. Like you're probably like, what is duck soup? You know, anyway, it's like I cook the bones and with mm-hmm. the carcass and really get all that yummy bone yep. uh, broth and stuff like that for the healing components. And, and this is, this is the way I was raised. I mean, I was raised. And so my kids love that. And so anyway, fast forward, I mean, he, he really had every pan symptom you could possibly imagine. And, you know, we, I went through hell just like everybody else, but we kept calling him chronic Lyme, chronic, chronic Lyme. And for those people who don't know about, you know, ticks, they are, um, the bacteria that these ticks carry are, you know, so highly genetically evolved. Some people believe it's the most genetically evolved bacteria on the planet. Um, and we know for sure 
that it came at least in 1492 when Columbus came over. But my friend, Dr. Moorcroft says that it dates back to prehistoric times and that it's oh, wow. just that. Yeah. And they have these little things they hide inside the cell with it, this little screwing mechanism. I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty scary what they can do and how evasive they can be. So over the years, it took us about eight years in that, and he got treated within like, you know, six months, but it was just a lot of, there was, it was, it was too late at that point, six months in, two weeks in, you can have late stage Lyme and um, just a whole journey that all the parents, parents, pandas experience where mm-hmm. you go into providers, you're doing treatments and this and that. And, you know, I'm in the Northeast and the top, some of the top people in the world for Lyme disease are within an hour of my house. So um, we went to Dr. Charles Ray Jones. I mean, he at that point already treated 20,000 people for Lyme disease. And, you know, we did three times. We did two year runs of antibiotics. Um, And I was very lucky. My kid responded every time. So he's a treatment responder. And um, but he wasn't he wasn't normal. He wasn't like, you know, he had all the sensory processing. He would have flares and, you know, just a lot of things. So it became obviously personal for me, but I just always gravitated towards just really complex cases. And again, I think part of that is just I'm this person that I'm like, listen, let's not run out of hope. Mm -hmm. If we can't do this, we can do this. We can't do this. We can't do that. And I always like, let's look at the science. Let's look at what's going on. And, you know, I'm all about these plat- the platform for healing and really bringing in lifestyle changes. And more and more as I did this work. So, so in the 90s, I was talking to people about nutrition. I mean, ain't nobody, Sarah, was talking about nutrition yeah, for yeah. kids. Uh, there, unless you went to a naturopath. You are not getting that. You know, I had to be careful when I talk to people because my peers, even to this day in the world of mental health, are very skeptical about Mm -hmm. this. Um, If I'm in a thread, in a Facebook thread, I have to watch what I say. You'll you'll get comments like, oh, is this medical medium stuff? (laughs) Somebody Mm. recently said that. I'm like, I I don't have time for this. Um, A pharmacist took time yesterday to email me yesterday that she didn't like me saying that I use proven holistic therapies. Mm. And she, she wanted to let me know that she's been a pharmacist for 38 years and see medication work. And I said, I never said anything about medication and I'm integrative, which means I incorporate things. So I am not a proponent of medication and the recent research in 2021 that came out showed that most people with PANS don't respond well to psychiatric medication. So um, no surprise there, because I see that anecdotally. Mm-hmm. So so that was my journey. And just fast forward, my kid Max is 16, and he's actually doing the best he's probably ever done in his entire life. So oh, that's great. He's, he's good. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I also in this part of working with families is, you know, I know what works with pans and pandas, and I want people to avoid the same very, very, very expensive route that I took. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, still, there's still a whack-a-mole kind of approach unless you mm-hmm. align yourself with a very trained and skilled provider, medical provider included in that, right? 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's not an easy journey, no matter which way you go. Yeah, and it's expensive. It's time consuming. It's kind of like a roller coaster. Absolutely. So no, roller I coaster, totally sister, roller coaster yeah. of emotions and mm-hmm. success and failure and just, hope like I maybe oh. this one, maybe this one will be it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I can totally see that, that you'd be wanting to, to spare people. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. much as possible. And it's a lonely, it's a lonely ride. You're riding on that roller coaster by yourself. And sometimes your family abandons you. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes in my case, I mean, I honestly probably lost every single one of my friends. Yeah. So they, and some of my friends were licensed therapists. You oh, know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and people have a lot of fear when your kid is behavioral. Mm-hmm. or psychiatric. Oh man, that scares people. Mm-hmm. It really do. does. They don't know what to do. And what do people do? They shun you. And I remember I, I had recently ended a long-term friendship and I said to her, if my kid had cerebral palsy and crutches, would you treat them the same? And she said, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he has a mental health problem. I'm like with a medical reason for it. Don't treat them like that, you know? So that was one of the last conversations I had, you know what I mean? So like, I was like, wow, you know, I just, it's just shocking to me, the depth of, of people's, you know, like, I feel like we're in a place where there's so much awareness and information, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we are just so disconnected. So, you know, whenever I meet somebody who has like an amazing tribe, I'm like, don't move, don't Mm -hmm. leave. Yeah. Keep your tribe, you know, and people yep. can have an awesome tribe. And I do think the pans, pandas, moms are just amazing. Um, I'm really grateful for my friends that are other pans parents. Yeah, no, because they definitely understand. And so why don't you get into a little bit more? You talked about brain mapping and yeah. um, neurofeedback, like some of the key treatments that you're using and that you've really seen success with. Both yeah. you can talk about Lyme, pandas, any of the, the areas. Yeah, I mean, I think, Sarah, you know, what I learned, and um, we, we have a couple things coming up that really go into this. One is we have the summit, the Get Unstuck Parenting Summit. Um, and I have a book called It's Gonna Be Okay. And, it, and both of these things, really, what do they encompass? And why did I do them? So one... Mm-hmm doesn't matter what the issue is. It doesn't matter if your kid has anxiety. It doesn't matter if they have depression or bipolar or pans, pandas or OCD. You have to concentrate on lifestyle changes. And as hard as that seems, like mm-hmm. sometimes people would rather come to me and spend tens of thousands of dollars doing other treatments, right? And I'm like, but we got to give up you know, uh, this, right. Mm -hmm. Which is typically sugar, gluten and dairy. And, and, um, and people are like, Oh my God, how am I going to do it? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always share the same story that I had a mom with three kids with pants. Okay. And they also had autism. (laughs) Oh wow. wow. Right. And one of them was really aggressive and she did it. Yeah. And she had her hands full. Yeah. (laughs) She had her hands full. Okay, people. So I literally hold my bar to her and I, and she was like, Roseanne, she was, you know, some, some of the moms that I really adore. Oh my God, they're hysterical. I mean, she was like, it sucked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) At the beginning is always the worst. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, she tried the step in, there's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's the right, it's the way that's right for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she tried the step in. Okay. Like, so one of her kids did the, I can replace things, but mm -hmm. her pans, very impaired autistic child was like, it ain't happening. Mm -hmm. So she had to do the 10 days of like, you know, you can break a behavior. 10 days is the height. Most behaviors can be broken in 10 days. This is from, you know, operant conditioning and classical conditioning. You can change and replace a behavior in 10 days. Okay. And um, it requires a lot of patience and consistency. And she, she did the 10 days, you know, and she was like, oh, it's brutal. And then, mm -hmm. you know, now he's the kid that eats like my kid, like the calamari mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Gluten-free bagel or whatever yeah. it is, yep. she's she's got it. You know, he's taking fish oil. He's you know whatever, and and she noticed a difference. So we have to use the key to all of these things, right? There is no magic pill. There is no magic fairy. You know, I don't have a wand, right? Mm -hmm. I actually have a, a a plastic wand at my desk because sometimes people <laughs> you need you it. know <laughs> I need it. <laughs> And sometimes I got to have the, the speak to Jesus conversation with you or whoever else, Buddha, whatever <laughs> it is, just using an analogy. Um, and and sometimes people call me and they're like, I did two sessions of neuro and I'm a little upset. I don't notice a difference. And I was like, did you read a damn thing that I gave you or anything that I told you? It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I'm, you know, if your friend had a miracle in two sessions, which it happens, that just is what it is. I don't know what it, you know. But what we need to do is we need to get every ounce that we can to shift it and create that change and move that dial. And so we have to hack into science. And so my book, It's Going to Be Okay, which is what I say to every parent, and that's why I call it It's Going to Be Okay, is, is that I go through these eight pillars. There's over 40 pages of research for all the other people that are like, wow, how do I know this works? And, mm -hmm. you know, I never forget one time I had this mom and I, my kid was in kindergarten and I, I knew her kid was on the autism spectrum and she was just not a mother that you could have a conversation with. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And she came up to me and she was like, so you do this neurofeedback. I mean, does it really work? <laughs> and I looked to her and I go, you know, I'm Dr. Roseanne Kapanahaj. Do you think I'm going to spend my life and and risk my reputation on a therapy that doesn't work? Why would you yeah. ask me that? She didn't even know what to say to me. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. obviously, we weren't hanging out, nor did I invite her to my <laughs> pool parties, which were, were infamous. But, um, <laughs> but what parents need to do is, again, we need to look. There's a lot of evidence-based approaches. And and an anti-inflammatory diet is that there are supplements that help with things. And so when we can tweak and we can get 5% here, 3% mm -hmm. here, 10% here, guess what? It's Who doesn't that. want 30 or 40% change? Yeah. But it's not only that, it's the synergistic effect that often catapults things. Like, you know, my, um, my friend, um, texted me over the weekend and her son, her husband really, really had uh, an incredible amount of stress during COVID and they take impeccable care of themselves. They're like mm -hmm. clean eaters and they're exercising and they do all this stuff. And she was like, he's like got a brain fog. He's, I've never seen him like this. So I look at his brain map and it's like, I think he's actually had COVID exposure because the whole thing is like shut off. And so she texts me and she was like, in two sessions, it's noticeable. 
And he's like, I can't believe how different I feel. And here's the deal. That doesn't happen to everybody, but they've already spent 30 years taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So the brain is more likely to take whatever therapy you do. Oh, you know, um, occupational therapy, um, talk, talk therapy, uh, brain gym, anything that you're going to do that's going to really help your kid will work better. You priming the brain. And that's why it's important to make those lifestyle changes. I, people often are like, why do I take gluten and dairy and, you know, sugar out? Well, those are inflammatory foods. I mm-hmm. mean, what is, what is pans and pandas and Lyme and autism? We know autism that 70, I think 6% of the postmortem brains of, of adults with autism have, have inflammation. So right. how can we not say they're not linked? They are. And so, so has inflammation been linked to anxiety, depression, autoimmune disease everywhere. So we've got to start knocking down that inflammation because your kid with pants, pandas, Lyme, ADHD, let me tell you, I rarely meet a, have a brain in a brain map that doesn't have inflammation. Mm-hmm. And parents are like, what do you mean my kid has inflammation? And I'm like, well, we have a lot of toxins, poor food quality. And then people will then be like, well, we have broccoli. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's really what the bulk of, you know, my work is. Obviously, I use brain-based therapies. I mean, I use biofeedback and neurofeedback and PMF, and I'm a huge proponent of psychotherapy. I'm not a huge proponent of talk therapy, and talk therapy is the icing on the cake Okay. after you've regulated the nervous system. So to try to physiologically, when somebody is stress hyperactivated, which pretty much everybody is, I mean, this time of COVID, Mm -hmm. you have very little access to your rational thought, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we try to come in through talk therapy, in the best of states, the maximum conscious awareness you have is about 5%. So you're trying to do conscious work when somebody is so stress activated. There are other forms of, of psychotherapy like somatic work or EFT tapping or EMDR, even hypnosis. We can do things, but to do that work, play therapy. Play therapy is a great mm-hmm. therapy, mm-hmm. art therapy. But to do talk work and cognitive work, no. That doesn't happen until you've regulated um, and the person can then think and, and take action. So we're asking them to take action when they can't process and, and cognitively what somebody is asking them to do. It really becomes something that's a very frustrating experience for people. And when they're ready to do the work because their nervous system is regulated, they're resistant to it. So it's an amazing tool when the brain is ready. We can always work with parents. Um, not to say parents are parenting poorly, but when our kids are struggling, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what, there is nothing worse than when your kid is struggling. I mean, there yeah. just isn't. And so for every special needs parent, right. And that's when I get on stomach, we're unstuck summit is really focused on, par- you know, special needs parents. Like, you know, we, we just want the best for our kids and we want to know what, what we should do. And I'm all about actionable tips, tools. And, um, you know, I provide so much guidance for parents about those steps because we don't seem to be taking a common sense approach 
right? And saying, well, what look, what does actually change somebody's focus? What does reduce anxiety? You know, why is this person have this, this, and this, right? Let's, let's be smart and put things together. And, and, you know, the platform for healing, right? I have eight pillars because, but the platform, the healing, the main six, you know, sleep, detoxification, nutrients, um, stress management, these things are all going to help you no matter what, right? No matter what in life, these are anti-aging strategies, um, you know, and who doesn't want the best health for their kids? And these are things that parents can do for their entire family and should do as, you know, 2020 and 21 is a testament to, we're in a crisis yeah. with mental health and there's going to be long-term implications. I mean, we're already seeing research out of China for when they had their 2019 shutdown. I just wrote a whole blog on it that will be up this week. Um, and, you know, there are long-term mental health implications. And here in the United States and in most of the globe, they are mm-hmm. ill-equipped at, you know, what's going to happen going forward with kids who who are have been disconnected, you know. Oh, wow. You know. Yeah, I'm interested to read that. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So then I guess a part of the challenge, and so, you know, you've mentioned biofeedback, neurofeedback, and so people that are in other parts of either the U.S. or Canada could look into those type of areas for treatment um, beyond being able to to see you personally. But what are yeah. some other take-home ideas for parents? I know you mentioned nutrition. Um, anything else kind of that you would want to yeah. encourage them to look into? I think the number one thing parents can do is for both themselves and their child is to make a commitment to 10 minutes a day to do something that is going to calm their nervous system down. Because of that stress hyperactivation, we know that when your nervous system, your autonomic nervous system regulates your stress response. And so all of us who are struggling with a special needs kid, but pans and pandas in particular, your child is going to have a a stuck on hyper nervous system. Mm -hmm. So we have to have daily practice to bring it down. So yes, I use tools like neurofeedback and biofeedback and biofeedback is very accessible. You can get heart math for 150 bucks on Amazon um, and your whole family can use it. Um, But you also can do things like very intentful breath work. I'm a huge fan of a four, seven, eight breath, which is four breathing in for four, holding for seven and exhaling for eight and then doing three rounds of that, at least, you know, at least three rounds, three times a day, but you can do it for 10 minutes. You can do meditation, you can do prayer, you can do gratitude journaling. There's a lot of things you can do, but you have to carve out the time and you have to make time for it. And it's the consistency of the small actions that really makes a dramatic difference in your child's mental health and physical health. So if that's one thing every parent can do, there's lots of different ways to skin a cat and you should do what works best for you. 
Um, to me, breath work is the simplest thing. I mean, I'm really in the time of COVID, I had a lot of really exciting, fun things going on, actually, because I was used it as we call it my Corona creative period. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote four books. I did oh, a course. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did a lot of things, way more than that. And, and it was just like, I literally produced like two or three years of content in like four months. And so um, I maxed myself out. I mean, I literally almost blew out my thyroid. Like I remember coming into work one day and somebody saying, holy crap, Roseanne, your thyroid is like huge. And I was like, oh my God. And so then I was like, I'm not even breathing regulated anymore. And I was like happy, like I was having a good time. So your body doesn't know a difference between good and bad stress. I was still doing daily self-care, but mm -hmm. I was really letting go of some fundamentals and including sleep. And so we can't pretend like we can keep going and going, you know, eventually your car will run out of gas and we're not immune from that. So we need to do that for ourselves because this is a long journey. If you have a pans pandas kid, mm -hmm. it's a long journey. Um, you know, I wish I could tell you that my journey was short, but obviously 2006 is a very long time ago mm -hmm. and it was hard to even get the care then. Um, and we, and I, and I like to tell everybody, we had no barriers. We had no barriers to accessibility, to finances. Right. We, we did a lot of things. It was that hard. Right. Um, and so it, it just has changed so much. We've been so much more open about what actually works. So I would say that is just pivotal. And, and, you know, if there's two things or really three things that stop people from healing, it's not following through on treatment recommendations and staying the course, like sticking with what your provider, your trusted provider. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, it's, improper detoxification so people aren't addressing that and then and i talk a lot about that in my book and people okay. can get more information about that um and three it's the stress hyperactivation in the nervous system it's called psychoimmunology the body cannot heal when it's in a stress state and you know i'm you know one of these practitioners i work with a lot of, of top, top providers. And people can work with me remotely. So I work with people all over the world. And, you know, they're getting amazing care. They're not getting better. And every time it's from a hyper stress activated nervous system, sometimes just from the trauma of what actually happened, because let me tell you, I've had some traumatic experiences, as we all have, mm -hmm. in pans and pandas. And I mean, even just things like friendships ending or you know, I always talk about the ladies on the bus stop rejecting us and how horrible it was and that I would drive past that bus stop every day and, and be activated by it, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. a really, really emotionally healthy person. I do a lot of work. And so nobody's immune from that. Right. And so our subconscious will drive things. And so we have to take care of that. And, and when I found that people worked on those three things, it really was pivotal in their healing. It was like a game changer. So take time, whatever you need to do for yourself. And it really, truly can be as little as 10 minutes. But you've got to do that first thing. You've got to make the time. You've got to do it and you've got to follow through on it. So we often don't want to take time to slow down and take care of ourselves, all of us. 
right? But we mm-hmm. have to, even when things are going great, you've got to make sure that you are taking care of your nervous system. Yeah. And you're right. That's definitely, it's true for not only the child, but the parent. And, yeah. uh, and I like those ideas. I mean, you've got kind of a range there in terms of things that people can do on a lower end of budget and then, you know, some more intensive and less. So that's great. I, you know, I heard you talk about heart math. Is it heart math? Heart math. Yeah. On somewhere else. Yeah. And I was looking into it. Sounds really interesting. Heart math is just for people just to know what it is. It's an amazing evidence-based approach to dealing with stress, anxiety, depression. And, and all it is, is a device. It's a biofeedback device that teaches you to regulate and sync your breath with your heart rate. And when you do that, Sarah, you um, go into that relaxed, what we call sympathetic, parasympathetic dominant state. And mm-hmm. that's really when your body can take its resources and send the troops to whatever is amiss in your body. Because if you're in a stress activated state, your body will send all of its resources to try to figure out what's going on and it will ignore a known antigen. And that's why it will ignore things like Lyme or Babesia, Bartonella, whatever it is going on mm-hmm. in there. And so that's why people get stuck. So it's so important and it's so easy. It's pleasant. Um, And sometimes that visual component, like straight breath work can be challenging for kids, but there's always a way to teach them and you start small. It's a learning process, but I love the biofeedback piece on a lot of kids. Like my kids started using it too, but my youngest kid is like a 57 year old. So I can't (laughs) compare him to the norm. Like, you know, yeah. He says things like, I'm like, oh, we can go on vacation again. You know, where do you want to go when school gets out? He goes, oh, we're going to go to Grammy. Grammy. <laughs> Let me explain this to you, mom. She lives right near the beach. So he goes, and you know what, mom? You don't got to spend no money when you go to Grammys. You save a lot of money. So I'm like, okay, my 10-year-old's giving me advice about saving money. Yeah. You know, an extraordinary human. Be- He's one of those yeah, kids that yeah. like repeats everything. It's really, really adorable. He's really cute. Wow. Um, so, um, but you know, so heart math is amazing. And, and again, you can do breath work. It's free. Yeah. Everybody, no matter what you're doing should be doing breath work. Absolutely. Even if you sit there and you hate the feeling of it, cause you're so freaking stressed out. It is, it's the quickest way to regulate your autonomic nervous system. And again, it's free. Can we say? Yeah. It's free? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us, I know the book sounds amazing, it's going to be okay, and you said it's available May 11th? May 11th it comes out. We'll have a pre-sale at the end of April. That sounds great. And so tell us a little bit more about the Parent Summit. When when will that be happening? Yeah, so we have this awesome Parent Summit. Um, it's called, as I said, the Get Unstuck Parent Summit. Summit. And um, it's April 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And the April 23rd, I didn't, I don't have a ton of speakers because I know parents are overwhelmed. What I have is some pretty freaking awesome speakers. I should say they're all my buddies, but, mm-hmm. um, and the, the free portion is the 23rd and 24th and the 25th. If people want to do a VIP upgrade, it's a live Q and a, um, and I have, um, Elisa song who's, oh, probably, yeah. yeah, she's probably one of the, 
if not the most um, well-known pediatrician in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of holistic mental health and or holistic health. And then um, I have an, a Canadian parent expert who I just adore, Robin McMain. And then I have Pete um, Wright from Pete Wright from Wright's Law. And he is the absolute foremost authority on special education and 504 law in the United States. And he just has a tremendous following. And it's an opportunity for people to also win a chance to win my $5,000 program. They have, so, they have thousands of dollars of freebies in it and they get the download. Mm-hmm. It's a free summit. And he, who do I have? So I have my dear friend, JJ Virgin. Um, and she is truly her story of her son who wind up having pants, um, uh, who was on psychiatric meds starting at seven years old and uh, was hit by a car after an argument when he was 16 years old and had a 0.02 chance to survive. Um, And you will hear what one thing she used to save his life. Um, And guess what? He's at a 200% capacity. He's off all psychiatric meds and he's never been as good as he has in his life. And she gave me chills. Um, and then I have like my dear friend, Cynthia Henry Thurlow. She, she, you know, just some people and a lot of moms. Um, I have Bob Hope's daughter, uh, Miranda Hope and Bob Hope's only grandchild has autism. And oh. um, she's there. She's an unbelievable speaker. So it's just, it's full of practical information that people will listen and be like, I can do that. So, I mean, that's my mission. That's why I started the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health is because I'm on a mission to not only change the way we view and treat children's mental health, but to make parents have hope, to understand that there's lots of little things that they can do to make change. Change starts little waves, create big waves. It's not the other way around. And so we we have to stop thinking that there's this, you know, magic pill because we're always going to have failure. You're going to go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And there's things right in front of you that people just, parents just don't know. So, um, so it's my opportunity. Both of these things are, you know, the summit is free unless you do the upgrade. And then Mm -hmm. my book is low cost. And I just want people, I know it's not cheap to come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always easy. People you have been flying in for years until COVID. Um, and, and I just want people to know that there's so much they can do on their own. And it's, I give you step-by-step guidance for sure in my book, but lots of actionable tips and tools in this summit. And the conversations are just unbelievable. Like they're so amazing. Like my young staff is like, I've actually listened to this interview three times because like I couldn't get enough of it, you know, like, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like um, I love my, my girls and, and we, we do have a guy, but I love my staff. And, um, but I, I really was sort of, I know the conversations are amazing, but even the people that are listening that don't have kids are like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, I, I decided to do this now for myself. I didn't know that by adding this, I could improve my, you know, brain functioning. We, we dive into every topic you could possibly think of relevant, you know, pants, pandas, OCD, um, uh, digital dementia from overuse mm. of technology. And what, how do you counter that? 
from uh, the director of the American Posture Institute, my friend, Dr. Krista Burns. Like, I mean, it's pretty invaluable from this stuff. This is what happens when you hang out with cool people. I just called them up and I was like, I want to do this. And they're like, of course, you know, mm -hmm. and they just give so much away because we all want to see people be healthier. And, you know, there's nothing more important than children's mental health and our own children. You know, we are only as happy as our happiest child. And that is the truth. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So I've been there. I have been there. And um, I want people to know what works and, and to feel confident and comfortable using it. And that's why in my book, I have a bunch of research again, because I want people to feel the authority to know that these are evidence based approaches, and they can feel good about doing these things. That sounds amazing. I will definitely be part of the summit. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to your book. It sounds sounds like it's going to be so useful. So how can listeners find out a little bit more about you either online, social media, where are all the places yeah. that, uh, we can get these pre orders and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can go. Um, I'm mostly Dr. Roseanne, D R R O S E A N N. No E at the end, people. Um, <laughs> you can find me on TikTok, YouTube, um, my website is drrosanne.com. My other website is childrensmentalhealth.com. And if people want to sign up to the summit, they can go to getunstucksummit.com and you can sign up for free. Um, and, you know, you can you can search me out. My other social, I think on Facebook, I'm Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge, but just search Dr. Roseanne. My website comes up practically in, you know, in China. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, all over. Uh, it comes up all over a lot of blogs and stuff like that. So that sounds you know. great. I will hook some of those up into the notes for the Please. show so that people can just click on those as well. Well, thank you so much. This is amazing. And it's, it's so great to hear all of these different treatments for pandas, pans, Lyme as well. I know Lyme is very prevalent uh, where I am in Ontario too. So yes. um, this is, yeah, excellent. And I, I very much appreciate all your time today. And I'm sure everyone's learned a lot. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. And, you know, I, I truly want everybody to know, just take one action and just be consistent with it. And, you know, and, be patient. It's not easy. And, you know, be kind to yourself. It's a hard journey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the roller coaster, the roller coaster. Yes, it is. Thanks a lot. Thank you again to Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge. I really enjoyed that conversation. I think she has made some wonderful points in terms of how we can take even small steps towards being in not only the best health for ourselves, but our kids, no matter what their health profile looks like. Um, she's given some great tips in terms of the daily 10 minutes um, every single day, no matter what type of technique you want to use there, but just to calm the nervous system. And then I loved her points also about having an anti-inflammatory diet and how all of those pieces can come together. I hope that you will support her and check out her summit that's coming up called the Get Unstuck Parent Summit. And also, I'm really looking forward to her book, It's Gonna Be Okay, which she said comes out May 11th, but sooner than that, even for pre-order. Thanks again for her time today. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys learned a lot. 
I wrote a book, and I am so excited to share it with all of you. Pendulum by Essie German is now available. The story follows a young boy named Ben as he changes from a silly, energetic, happy little guy to a boy that is anxious, obsessive, emotional, angry, and depressed. After visiting 20 doctors and getting seven misdiagnoses, his mental health declining even further, he's finally diagnosed with PANDAS, a neuroimmune disorder. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcal Infections. It's a little-known and understood disorder without a cure. At eight years old, Ben and his family move to a new city to start a new life. He gains confidence, navigates his first crush, and plays competitive sports. Ben encounters many challenges in a new school while also coping with his mental health issues and trying to understand and accept himself and his disorder. Ben shares how he handles all the trials of being a middle grader and having pandas and his unique outlook on both the disorder and his life. Pendulum is available at Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, and also through the Friesen Press Bookstore. It can be found in hardcover, paperback, and the ebook. I hope you will check it out soon. I am creating an email list community under the name Real Life Project Co., which is my company name. And with this email list, I'm going to be communicating all about what's going on with the podcast, how things are going in terms of my writing career, and any special events or offers that are coming up, including our current offer, which is a free self-care 30-day calendar that gives you tons of ideas for self-care to challenge yourself to keep looking after yourself for a whole month straight. If you want to join my email community, please go to my Instagram page at Sarah Lady Gluten and click on the link in the bio, which goes to the Real Life Project Co. webpage. And there you'll have the opportunity to sign up to be part of this community. I've been sending emails just about every week, giving updates on how things are going and where the podcast is at. And I hope that you'll join this community and find connection with me there. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and/or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.